0: This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network, radio to inspire enlightened living.
1: You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Gale Rose and Ahanu. Or if it's going to clear up later as usual. Usually by this time Ahanu and I are getting up, going for a walk up to Starbucks, getting a cup of coffee, sitting down outside on the beautiful chairs outside and reading a book. Either we're reading Penny Kelly's um, Consciousness and Energy or We're reading Anastasia. We're reading both of those books right now, the Anastasia series, which is really interesting. If anybody has never heard of those or read those, there's nine books in the series. We're on book two now. So today we are having Penny Kelly on. We hope Penny um, has been traveling quite a bit and she was supposed to be on last week and we switched her because she needed more time. So hopefully she didn't forget today and that she'll be on with us today. So, Ahano, do you want to say good morning to everyone?
0: Yes, indeed. It is a great morning, even though it is overcast. It is great to be alive, and we're talking about aliveness today and health today. And interestingly, as I remarked last week about our regular trips to Starbucks, it's almost like we're promoting them, we're not, and also whether coffee or not is good for your health. We may ask that question today too. But the fact is the walk up there is what really, really is so enjoyable. And of course, the reading of the books. We're like children up there studying for our exams as we're reading feverishly through these amazing books from Penny Kelly on consciousness and health. So while we wait for Penny to come on, let's do a little bit of a brief background and a brief introduction. We're discussing consciousness and health today. And Penny Kelly, is a writer, teacher. She's a consultant, speaker, publisher and naturopathic physician. She has been researching and exploring consciousness, cognition, perception and intelligence for over 30 years and has written six books of her own. A lot of them which we've read at this stage and one of them in particular we're going to discuss today. That's the one Getting Well Again Naturally, From the Soil to the Stomach. Now at the same time she publishes other books on spirituality and health for others. And Penny will be sharing with us today, we hope, her experiences of consciousness and the growth of awareness and its relationship to health. So this is all very, very exciting.
1: It is exciting. And I don't know if anybody's ever had the wonderful pleasure of being read to, but my husband reads to me constantly. He reads to me at Starbucks. He reads to me out to breakfast. He reads to me in bed at night. I am very, very spoiled, I have to say, because... As most of you know, listening to Ahanu, he's got this wonderful Irish accent. So I'm a very, very, very lucky girl. But here's our announcements. Ahanu, um, we will be at the Mankato Healing and Holistic Fair next weekend. That's April 5th, 6th, and 7th in Minnesota, of all places. Uh And we will be giving a keynote Uh, presentation on Friday night. It's beginning at 6.30 going till 9.30. We will be discussing uh, and presenting uh, the Akashic Records and how we get information from source and the information that's in uh, my book, A Time of Change. But we will also be opening up the records to the audience so that they can ask questions at the second half of the evening. So if anybody knows anybody in Minnesota or even Illinois or Wisconsin, anybody who they think may want to trek on over there, it's going to be a very powerful evening because we have recently gotten information from Source that was a bit uh, serious and alarming but also positive in its solution. So we are going to be talking about that to the people come that evening hopefully there'll be many who come to listen so and also we will be discussing Ahanu's artwork there as well during the presentation because uh, we will be addressing the whole topic of love as source sees love as a force of creation and of course Ahanu's spirit of love project uh, goes right into that seeing as the paintings he does are paintings of the love that is inside each person they were born with so uh, this should be a very interesting time I'm just hoping that the weather stays nice because a you know I don't like to fly and b it's still winter slash spring hopefully coming there when we get there
0: we do have several people that have emailed us and said that they're working on consciousness of the area and nature and we are hoping that they will be able to clear the snow that apparently is still on the ground up there at the moment. Now, announcements, as Angel Rose says, that's the first one. We also are working on a major project at the moment that we hopefully will be able to make an announcement about it soon but I'm going to give you a little teaser right now. Angel Rose has been prompted from many many quarters both throughout the United States and across the pond in Europe also to bring the group Akashic Records readings sessions that we do weekly here in San Diego in the physical, but to bring them online. And many, many people have expressed their desire to participate in that by way of a Skype call or a connection or a, a webinar or a tele seminar or a Google Hangout or some way that they can actually participate in that. And this is what we're doing. We are getting close to making an announcement about it. If you're interested in that, just sign up and just, just register your interest. There will, of course, be a cost attached to the final thing when we get it organized. But just you can just register your interest at angelrose.com forward slash... Um, oh my God, I've forgotten what the address was now. Forward slash... Uh, oh, I'll, I'll find out and I'll announce it in a short while but anyway just take note of the address of her website which is Angel Rose and take care of the spelling, it's the Irish word for angel is A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E dot com if anybody wants to call into the show today the guest call-in number is 805-292-0349. You're listening to myself, Ahanu and Angel Rose on the Honest to God series radio show. Our guest today is Penny Kelly. We don't see any sign of her in the control panel as yet, but no worries, because we've got a good deal to talk about just yet. So the Eight Steps to Freedom is on, and you can get information about that at the eight steps to freedom.com. That's all hyphenated and it's the number eight. 8 steps to freedom.com Remember sure Angel Roses book A Time of info is available it's out it's in Amazon it's in Smashwords it's in the Nook and Kindle and all sorts of electronic formats you can find out information about it at, at timeofchange.info. That's all one word at timeofchange.info. Her new book, she's working away feverishly on it too. I don't know where the hours come from, but nonetheless, that's going to be ready and towards the end of this year. The nature of reality. And that's all one word too, if you're looking for it, on the net, the nature of reality.info. And there you will find out all the information about her new book, The Nature of Reality and you can pre-order it actually from, it'll take you to amazon.com where you're secured in getting the book when it is launched. Now we do, as I mentioned, have group Akashic Records every Wednesday evening in San Diego, and you can find out about that at meetup.com, and if you just search for Akashic Records, A-K-A-S-H-I-C, Akashic Records Group, you'll find us on Meetup. We're also on iTunes, ladies and gentlemen, so if you uh, are a A customer of iTunes, search for Angel Rose or Ahanu and you will actually find our podcast there that you can listen to at your leisure. And remember, many, many people were really, really excited about the fact that Angel Rose was on the Coast to Coast radio show with George Noory in February. And that, uh, not the transcript, but the recording of that is available on Angel Rose's website at angelrose.com forward slash podcasts. So there you are, that's most of the announcements we have. Let's just check in and see if Penny Kelly is here. Just bear with us a second. Hello there. Have we got Penny? Hello? No, afraid not. We don't have. So, let us carry on.
1: She must have forgotten about us today, (coughs) Ahano. And, uh, which is too bad because Penny is a wealth of information, and possibly when she got back from Texas, I believe she was in Texas, um, maybe she encountered some problems that we don't know about. But anyway, Ahato, uh-huh, you, were, you were speaking about um, the online groups. And, you know, when, since we've been in San Diego, we started doing the groups again on Wednesday nights, and we don't always do them. It just depends how busy we are. But um, we did speak one week about Source talking to us about an event coming. So we might as well talk about that just a little bit right now. And I'm not clear on what the event is, just that normally when we do the groups, people will will open up the records and people will um, ask questions of a spiritual nature. But this particular evening, we never got that far because Source started talking to us right away. And it actually showed me a whirlpool in the sky. It was kind of a dark blue color. And I was a bit, you know, I was just watching this whirlpool and it felt like it had sorrow around it. The feeling I got was sorrow. And Source came in and said that an event was coming and um, that we were creating it because we have... Uh, accepted mediocrity in our lives as the standard for life and it felt to me that it could be either some impending earth change coming or uh, I don't really know, I mean I I couldn't get clear on what it was exactly, just that it was big and it was um, coming and that we had helped create it as a consciousness because we didn't have high enough standards of love. And I found this really interesting uh, because when Source was talking about high standards of love, what it was saying was that love would never accept mediocrity, that love holds the highest, the most impeccable, uh, the, the dreamiest, the highest imagination for creation possible, that we are all, Powerful creators, that we, and it's no accident that um, our third eye, uh, where we imagine in our brain, is in the center of our forehead, and we would consider that the sixth chakra. So, imagination is in the higher centers, and interestingly enough, it's you know, it has to do with the pituitary gland, which I believe secretes uh, growth hormone, even. So I find this quite interesting that our powers of imagination are in our higher centers. And source was saying that we we don't uphold this high standard of love. And what does that mean, actually? It means that uh, we would always think the highest of ourselves, of others. We would always expect the highest. We would always be focusing on the miracle instead of the tragedy, that to uphold uh, a high level of integrity for others where your thoughts are pure, where your heart is pure, but there was another part of this, and the other part of this was that it had to do with loving ourselves, it had to do with the fact that the reason we accept mediocrity is because we don't love ourselves. And, um, you know, certainly in my journey, and I don't know about anybody else, but coming to the place where you realize that you don't love yourself or that you're not behaving in ways to love yourself really is kind of a shocking realization. And this, this is seen in little ways. I mean, if you think of your daily life and you think of the things that you do or don't do that you know would... Change your life for the better or uplift, uplift the quality of your life in some way. Um, and all the times we're we know that inside ourselves and yet we don't do it. even if it's making some change that we know has needed to be made you know and instead we just stay complacent or we let fear get to us. But there's all sorts of ways and if you don't love yourself, you don't really care and nurture yourself then you can't really give the same quality of love and consciousness to the world and that doesn't mean that you're actually physically going out and doing things even though that certainly could be part of it but what what it means is is it's a standard of consciousness it's a standard of upholding um, the opening for miracles the belief in miracles Uh, Knowing that you can heal, you can create, you can bring forth anything. And so, that's the first part of it. And the second part of it I want to talk about is the fact that we are being, um, I hate to use the word attacked, but really we are being attacked right now by a lot of uh, dark energies, a lot of things that are designed to basically break down our immune system and thwart our ability to think clearly and to stay positive. And certainly I do readings all the time, and I have to say that many people are also reporting being bothered by entities and poltergeist activity in their homes more so than ever before. So there is the problem out there. Or, you know, you could just wake up one morning and feel very depressed and not know why, and two days later you could wake up and feel great and not know why. But I myself know that on the days that you wake up depressed, and I had two of those last week, I think I actually had a bit of a virus of some type, but it was very difficult to stay positive and I actually had to force myself to pull out my little journal and start writing. And I always begin with, you know, asking what things mean to me. So I started asking, you know, I described the way I was feeling to myself, and then I asked, what does that mean to me? And when I got down around it, you know, I looped around a bit with thoughts that were similar, and then finally came to the place where I said that I didn't feel whole. And as soon as I said I didn't feel whole, a shift started to happen, and I realized that that was the the whole problem the reason why I was succumbing to feeling low was because I have a perception of myself as not whole. And because of that, I was vulnerable. So as soon as I realized the issue was wholeness, and I made a statement for my wholeness, my energy started to shift right then and there. Things started to feel better. I could actually feel the change inside my body. And... um, So I know this can seem like a struggle when we're down, when we're not feeling well, when we have to use every bit of willpower to think of a positive thought. But this is also my point. My point is, is the highest standard of love would uphold the highest for everyone. So could you imagine if instead of people being in the world Uh, worrying about their uh, lack, worrying about uh, gossiping about others, uh, complaining about their bosses or the government. Instead of them doing that, they were using their powerful uh, image maker in their brain to visualize uh, miracles for people, a beautiful world, food everywhere, uh, people treating each other with the utmost honesty and love and integrity. Instead of us focusing on what's not right, if we were to take control of our world within our imagination and create it, because we do create it, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we create every single bit of it. In fact, Source did talk to us that evening also about the fact that when we think, negatively we create entities and many entities that are floating out there are the result of continual negative thinking that actually become alive after a certain period of time so we really are so powerful in our creative faculties that a lot of us we're not conscious of it and in the ones that are conscious Many of us still don't deliberately uphold a really pure motivation. So, coming back to loving yourself, you know, there's always been a little conflict for many people about is it selfish to love yourself? In other words, we've been programmed by dogmas to believe that the only thing of value is to be of service to other people. And certainly this is important because at the end of your life, you will want to know what you contributed to the world. You will look back and say, did my life have have value? Uh, You know, was I able to change the life of somebody? Was I loved? Did I love? How much did I love? Those will be the things that you'll really want to know about yourself. And of course, there's many ways to do that. But if you can't love yourself, which is the hardest to do, then the quality of what you'll contribute, okay, will always have a bit of imbalance in it. So certainly, loving yourself is a necessity in spiritual growth. And that means that you start to choose things that honor you, that honor your dreams, that honor your health, Uh, you know, things like that, that allow you to grow and go forward. And, you know, back when we were all young and we used to imagine and play, and this is why we love children, really, because they just are so spontaneous in their imaginations. But there's no censorship on their imagination. They just allow themselves to have these little inspirations come in. I mean, my granddaughter, Grace, herself, She goes a mile a minute, and it's one big imagination, and she doesn't stop. And the thing about it is I'm just always so amazed at the stuff she comes out with. And not only that, you know, when we sit down to make fairies, I have my idea of how to make fairies, but she comes in there, and she takes anything I have. I could say that I don't have the right supplies, but she'll take anything that I have and turn it into a fairy, a a leaf fairy, a a tree fairy, anything at all, just with her imagination. And the thing is, is we've learned to censor our imagination. You know, we've been told we need to be practical and focus on what are we going to do to make a living. And it's all focused around what, what are we going to do to make a living, so much so that we have completely stopped believing in our powers of imagination and creation. But the truth is, is you can sit down and write out that perfect life. And you can visualize it and imagine it without censorship because the wonderful thing about this creative force that Source has given all of us is that we don't have to figure out how something is going to come into being. We do not have to figure out how. All we have to do is visualize the outcome. That's all we have to do. So here we are uh, with a world that Source is saying is filled with mediocrity. And what that really means is we're living at half speed. We're living at half function. We are not um, upholding High principles in our own lives. Our motivations are not of high principles, not only for ourselves but for other people. And because of this, uh, something is going on right now that is uh, disturbing the planet. Like I say, I couldn't see what it is. I do plan on going back in and seeing if I can get more information. I don't know if it's related to the booms that people are hearing around the world uh, that are not explained, these long, loud, sonic noises that are occurring. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's uh, a dissolution inside the power structures that's going to affect us all. Um, Certainly, I've seen an intense... Uh, Heating up in the core of our earth. Uh, A lot of methane gas buildup is what I keep seeing. Um, So the point is, is we can still offset all of this by beginning to visualize something much different. And even last week, we were at a bridal shower for my daughter. And afterwards, Ahanu and I uh, decided we'd go to the beach. And we picked a beach at uh, Torrey Pines Cliffs we'd never been to. It turned out it was where the um, hang gliders took off from and it was filled with high cliffs and we just sat there. And I closed my eyes to meditate because I was restless and, and many people might be feeling that also, this internal restlessness and anxiousness and you don't really know where it's coming from. You just know that um, you're picking it up, and there's some days it's really strong, and other days uh, it's fine. But people are certainly reporting this feeling also, this worry. But I laid there, and Source started talking to me again about the field of love, and was talking about realities that there are different realities at different layers, and. It basically said that the paradise reality is right here, right now. It still exists. It's still alive. And it is in the field of love that holds the highest. You know, this is what the field of love is like. It's like a yes to your most highest aspirations. It's as if love would always say yes to you. For whatever you desire. Yes, 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 yes. Okay? The thing is, is, is that, you know, we're used to being said no to. We're used to being told that we can't. We can't do. We can't have. It is isn't possible. It's not for us. I mean, you could go on with a list of things that we've been programmed to believe. It's not spiritual. It's not right. Your desires aren't right. Okay, but the truth is, is the field of love will uphold your highest dreams. It'll say yes, and it'll say that they can come into reality. And they can come into reality uh, by you visualizing it and imagining it and insisting that it is so. So as we're talking about these layers of reality, Source was saying, showing me the reality that it called subhuman. And subhuman means that it is functioning at a level of um, low life, let's say. Low life, I'm going to use that word. Uh, but basically it's the result of all of our negative thoughts. It's the result of ours saying no uh, to our highest capabilities, wasting our lives um, So it's a level of reality that gets created that is really based on an illusory perception of ourselves. A self that it gets sick, a self that deteriorates, a self that denies. Uh, It creates a subhuman illusory reality and that is what we're living in. That's what most of us create with our minds with our thoughts with our feelings and this is what we keep manifesting but at the same time source was telling us we could switch gears just as easily by realizing there's another reality happening right now the authentic reality the reality based on love and sharing cooperation the highest esteem for yourself Uh, Validation. uh, Importance. uh, That you matter. Where there's no illness. Where we don't create death anymore. Where eternal life is the norm. That this is going on. Right now. Right now. And I have seen it. So I know it's there. I've seen it years ago. I periodically see it. So this has to do with a complete shift over in our consciousness about what we think is real and true. Because love is the creation force of the universe. It is what takes your thoughts and creates. All right, and it upholds, I can't say this enough, only the highest, purest, most impeccable miracles that you could ever, ever imagine. and. The thing is, is we're on this linear track. We're going down a linear road. We view our reality as going from past to present to future. We think we have to earn and build and accumulate value. Uh, We worry about if we're going to survive the next day. And part of the reason we're in this situation is because we all believe the same thing. We all think life here is a struggle, that it's a progression of development, that we all have to somehow go from nothing and make ourselves something, that there's not enough to go around. I mean, we believe this whole lie, even that there's too many people on the planet and we have to get rid of some of them. Uh, because there's not enough resources for everyone, which is a total fabrication because the real problem is the way we distribute goods. Uh, We have technology already that would clean our air, clean our waters, uh, irrigate drought areas. I mean, we can control the weather already. There's no excuse for droughts in places. So, but this is an example of how the highest standard is not being upheld because there are motivations in the world that are self-serving not in the loving way that I'm talking about but in a selfish way we have governments that continually pass laws that uh, damage our quality of life that are damaging our air, damaging our food damaging everything but the problem is is all of us are still mainly selfish in our motivations it's all about us getting what we feel we need what we deserve and what we desire and this is very different from when you're in the field of love how that field of love feels is you see that you are everything That you feel a connection and a communication with all life everywhere. That you would never even have a thought of harming another thing or person. Because all you see is beauty everywhere and all you feel is love everywhere. And you create more of it because this is what the law of life is. Is abundance and satisfaction and fulfillment and higher and higher inspirations of all good. And even when I say that word, all good, I know that I've come to a place sometimes in myself where when I'm in a dark place that my higher self will come in and remind me that I'm good. And even that is interesting because a lot of us have been programmed to believe that we're not good, that we're sinful, that we're displeasing to God, that we have reason to, you know, be guilty. And many of us go around uh, believing this subconsciously, that we don't deserve our good. Because if you really knew you were good, you would always expect that, and it would manifest for you. So, source is always really clear with me about these levels of reality, (coughs) telling me that, suffering and sickness and death and disease and lack and poverty are a subhuman reality they are not love and there are religions that teach people that suffering is somehow pleasing to God and I always get information always always to the contrary it serves no purpose it doesn't make people a better person Uh, I've heard it from people who have suffered through their lives where they say, you know, this has not made me a better person. And certainly, how could it? How could you keep going to the highest standards of love if you're in pain constantly? Um, Certainly, that's no quality of life. But the point here is we have to uphold this for each other because this is a worldwide issue, this is a worldwide program. And we all have to uphold the highest standards for ourselves and for others because this is a process, uh, even though it can be done in an instant. It is, a for most of us, a process of learning to love ourselves, of shifting over. And like I say, I do readings for people all day long. And even though I can say something that confirms something, their own spirit has told them about a change they should make or something they they should do or an inspiration that they have to express themselves in a high way and they won't do it. They don't do it. They don't choose it until I come out and it's almost like I'm giving them permission to say, yeah, you know, you can believe what your higher spirit is saying. You can follow it. You have permission to make that change, move, go to a different place, go travel. Uh, you know, yes, you have permission to be prosperous, but you've got to choose it. You have to choose to believe it, and that is in your imagination. So I know it's difficult when you're down and out, and you're worried about where the next dollar is coming from. But when, those, when I get confronted with those things, I pull up, If I'm not in a a city, and I'm not anywhere where there's a lot of nature around, I will pull up pictures of nature on the internet. And I will look at pictures that have huge fields of flowers, huge fields of grass, abundant harvest, leaves on trees, pine cones, anything at all, uh, the ocean that reminds me of abundance. And all you have to do is look at nature to see that abundance is the natural state. So if I am somewhere where I'm lucky enough to be near trees, I'll go out among them. I'll talk to trees. I'll go for a walk in the forest. Sit myself down right in the middle of the forest amongst all those awesome trees. Pour out my heart to those trees. Let it nourish me. And I go home feeling absolutely, completely different. Okay, so there's so many choices that are the highest standard. And this is what we all need to be doing. Because our mediocrity and our low standards for ourselves and for others and the world is creating catastrophes. And we need to wake up and sources basically told us, wake up, because it feels sorrow around this for us. Here's these, you can imagine it yourself, when you have a child, how you feel, and you want the absolute highest and best for that child. You want that child to not only thrive, you want it to have happiness, you want it to be excited, you want it to have joy, you want it to be productive, you want it to create wonderful things out of its own gifts and abilities. This is exactly what our Creator wants for us, and nothing less. You certainly do not want sorrow for your children. You don't want illness and death for your child. You don't want any sort of uh, catastrophe to happen. And so this is natural. This is the natural way to be, not this other subhuman reality where we create. I think mediocrity was a fantastic word that Source used because what it really suggests is we're all complacent and we all sit here and we accept so much nonsense. And even, I am even talking about laws that are passed that we just accept and we begin to obey, even though we never voted on them. They go against what the American people and the people of the world want and have voiced that they want, and yet we comply. And I don't ever understand why we comply. Why do we say yes to this when we know it's unjust and unnatural, and harmful. You know, there was this thing on the internet recently that about Obama passing this bill that protects Monsanto with their genetically modified program, even though it's been proving proven that it is uh, it is uh, abolishing the monarch butterfly population. It is killing bees. It is making people sick and weak and artificial, and yet, and, and yet we, we allow this. And luckily there are certain states now in their communities. I just saw one in Maine, a community in Maine, that has actually passed an ordinance that allows their people to grow their own food in their own community and sell it among themselves without any state or federal intervention. They found a loophole in the Constitution for this. And this is what we all need to be doing. You know, we all need to be saying no and doing things the natural way. Okay, and, and I could talk for another hour just about that. But um, why we obey and we accept. And and this is, you know, it, it's, it's on a wide scale because... Here's another little example that was a pet peeve of mine that, you know, they've done studies and proven that coconut oil helps memory. In fact, you know, it was a whole big study on fats themselves. And they found that the brain uses fat to think and that a lot of the reasons people are having memory problems is because they do not have enough fat in their diet and Certainly, there was this huge campaign years ago about cholesterol and everything became low-fat, low-fat milks, low-fat half-and-half, low-fat products of all sorts, and now we've got, you know, an onslaught of Alzheimer's. I mean, besides, I do believe there's some heavy metal problems there. But regardless, um, coconut oil capsules... You know, you could start taking those right away, organic. So I bought my mother some because she's 82 and she's starting to have some memory issues. And, you know, my sister told her not to take them because they might interfere with her medication. And I and I told my mother, how ridiculous, Mom, that it's only oil. You would cook with it, for, for goodness sake. You know, you would... In fact, it's better to switch over to coconut oil. It's one of the few oils that doesn't uh, change when it's heated. and completely healthy for you, full of enzymes. And here my mother is listening to my sister who doesn't know anything about natural things, okay, Um, and not taking these coconut oil caps. But I'm saying this because it's an example of the fear that people have about choosing anything against what a doctor might say. And my sister convinced my mother that she should wait and ask the doctor if it's okay to take coconut oil capsules. Now, you know, I could understand if it was an herb or something that uh, could interfere with medications, but this is just oil. But I'm, I'm mentioning it to show you the craziness of people and the fear that they have and the lack of knowledge they have about themselves. So, anyway, I'm going to turn the mic over to Ahanu because I'm sure he's got something to say about all this as we talk today.
0: I do. I do have much to say about it. But, you know, we're just going to remind our listeners that we're listening, you're listening to the Honest to God series with Angel Rose and Ahanu. We broadcast every Saturday morning out of San Diego, California. At 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Mountain Time, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern, and 4 p.m. in the afternoon on Greenwich Mean Time. Let's take a little quick studio break here, and we'll come right back after this. This
1: is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio, to
0: I don't know why she forgot about us. The Honest something God happened. With Angel Rose and God. Now you're very, very welcome back. This is Ahanu, and Angel Rose was speaking there about consciousness. And one of the things that I have to say about this is that we're very, very aware of not making predictions. Indeed, Angel Rose actually left a whole bunch of predictions out of her last book, A Time of Change, simply because she is aware of the power that saying something has in people's consciousness. In other words, she's aware that if the the world got a message that you know, there's an earthquake going to happen or there's a tsunami about to happen or the, something else is going to happen. We actually set about creating that and fulfilling that prophecy. Now that's the truth of the power of our own abilities and the power of our own consciousness. So in saying that there's something coming all that I know she's trying to do here is simply wake people up to the power of your own creative ability and then make the choice to change it. Now that seems a little contradictory but the reason why it's necessary is because we have to meet people where they're at and if people don't know the power of their own creative ability through their imagination and through their consciousness you have to be able to show them this is what it can do. So It's a little bit of a catch-22, and it's a necessary step that we must take by putting a little small warnings out there to say, look, please listen to what Source is saying. Listen to what the Akashic Records are saying. Please, please, don't bring these dire predictions into, into reality. Now how that happens is through the power of imagination. And I'm just going to read a short little couple of paragraphs that Angel Rose had transcribed from a recent group Akashic record session. And just by the way, this is the kind of thing that people would participate in if you were to join our online group Akashic record sessions. This is the kind of thing that you would be privy to. Instead of us using our wonderfully powerful imaginations to be envisioning everything that we think is wrong, instead start to use it to envision what you want instead of just and just concentrate, and you visualize, and you put in every detail that you possibly can because the ethers obey. They obey. They don't have power over you. They okay your image. They start rearranging themselves. All the particles rearrange themselves in all the ways immediately to out picture in this reality what you are seeing in your mind's eye. It is just pure magic. Source is magic, creation is magic. Creation is easy because it is source's magic and you have it in your mind. So you can see now how very, very powerful that is. And if you have in your mind a bunch of fear uh, about some prediction, that is exactly what you create. And this is exactly what a negative agenda wants us to create. So I I challenge you to actually stop the negative thinking, to actually stop creating a negative outcome and to use that power of your own imagination to create the outcome of love. She goes on to say I always wanted to buy one of those magic lamps, you know the ones like the genie in the bottle, because they are symbolic of magic. I really should buy one as a symbol of our ability to be magical. What is the genie? It's your magic, it's your imagination, that is your genie and you, ev- you everybody possesses it. So do use that. Now, in all of what we teach, it might sound grandiose and lofty and unattainable in some ways, but one of the things I've always noticed about Angel Rose when she comes into the that state of being in the Akashic Records is that Source will always offer solutions through her. And she mentioned earlier about walking in the forest, for example, or going by the ocean, or swimming in the sea, or engaging with nature in some way whether it's through your animals your plants your garden whatever it might be but get in touch with nature because that is a solution to a whole bunch of problems that are uh, plaguing society in these days. She also mentioned another little solution where she talked about coconut oil for example but there's countless solutions like that we know too that there are numerous solutions out there for every ailment known to mankind, including what we're told are not curable, incurable diseases and cancer and so on. There are countless cures out there. So, you know, perhaps I shouldn't use that word because there again is the whole control mechanism kicks in that says, hey, you can't use that word cure, you know. But look here, if, if something would fix your cancer, you can call it whatever you like. Now, source... Is reminding me to tell you about a story that Angel Rose also uh, told in one of those group Akashic record sessions about a lady that she did a reading for and the lady had some degeneration in her spine so the older she got the more the spine curved and she was slouching and the advice that Angel Rose got was that we have 33 vertebrae so start by imagining yourself standing behind yourself looking at the lower spine putting in your mind it's divine perfection and then take your index fingers and imagine that you're putting your index fingers at the end of each vertebrae and you become aware of each vertebrae as you move up to vertebrae two and three and so on and as you're doing that all of a sudden you become aware of the spongy part between the bones you know that part that keeps it flexible and you go on all the way up the spine to all the 33 vertebrae Now you do this in your imagination because obviously you can't put your hands behind your back and run up the entire spine without being a contortionist in some way. But source said to keep up this momentum and that if she did that, if she consciously and deliberately paid attention to those vertebrae and acknowledges them, that her spine would straighten up. Now what I found really really interesting about this was that 33 is a master number, it's a Christ number which implies that there are keys locked in the vertebrae that lead to Christ consciousness. And that brings us into the whole field of Kundalini, where that Kundalini energy rises from the base of the spine and runs up the spinal column and creates all kinds of conscious awareness and enlightened states. And now we begin to understand why. So you don't need to have curvature of the spine to do this. Just imagine that you are standing behind yourself You're touching with your own fingers the edges of your vertebrae all the way up your spine you'd heal your back. Who knows what else would happen because it can certainly be quite an interesting spiritual experience. Now these are the kind of things also that we touch on and we talk about a lot in the Eight Steps to Freedom. We haven't actually finished the entire program as yet and some of this material indeed may go into it but it is something that you can start with because we do have the first four sessions of it complete and you can go to 8steps tofreedom.com that's all hyphenated and it has the number 8 there 8steps com, and it, it's, it's worth remembering that these these are not like instructions or these are not unattainable possibilities these are very very real in exactly the same way as you can create a child you create your own reality so let's look to the to the huge potential. Let's look to the final outcome. Let's look to the highest degree of love in everything that we think and in everything that we create for ourselves because we also create it for the collective.
1: You know, going back about this higher standard of love, Ahanu, another thing that is an example of that is Okay, here's an example. We've got our granddaughter coming over today. She's seven years old on Monday. And she's got this little bed that she sleeps in in this room. And I'm looking at it now, and I'm looking at the fact that the blankets are all messed up. So what would the highest degree of love do? You know, on the one hand, you could say, well, she doesn't care. You just pop her in there. Uh, The sheet is clean. cover her up. But a higher standard of love would get up and make that bed look absolutely perfect for her just because a really neat bed is nicer and it's little things like that go the extra mile make something really nice for somebody or yourself and even I remember in the older days that people would always dress up when they went out you know they would you would see older people they still put on their bonnets they put on their suit coats their Their clothes are always ironed. Uh, They're always neat. And this is a small example, but it's pride. It's pride in in how you appear, in what you do. It's living to a a high standard of living and appreciation for your life. And if you think about it, think about what we've been given also just by having life whether it's physical life in a body, or it's your spirit self, the ability to dream, the fact that you have a body that you don't have to figure out how it takes care of all of the systems in your body. Something in creation has done that. You're here so that you can experience and thrive and do whatever you can possibly dream of. And Just that alone, the appreciation for the body that you're in is a pretty miraculous idea. So uh, the sunlight, you know, we've, we've even been told about the fact that you can just go out and look at the sun for 30 seconds in the morning just when it's rising, and you will be regenerated just from that. So like I say, we're living at substandard. Uh, We can do all sorts of little things. You know, Easter is tomorrow. And Easter is all about resurrection. And certainly in this time period, we are resurrecting. Our bodies are being changed. The whole planet is being changed by the light that's out there. And we have blessings that have been bestowed on us since last December. And this is... This is... um, very very important because what it's saying is we've been given support by Source to have even more light, to be able to manifest even faster and certainly I've seen that happen. Um, when I sit down and I pay attention, and I put my consciousness on a thought or a desire and I do it deliberately I'm seeing the manifestation happen within an hour, a day two days. I mean it's fast, very, very fast. And the thing is, is we need to get used to expecting this type of result because this is exactly what's happening. So I know I'm talking a lot about this today, but if it wasn't for the urgency that Source um, imparted to us two weeks ago about living from higher standards and You know, even when source talks to us about the fact that, uh, you know, our food supply is being contaminated, um, there are many people, thankfully, who are doing something about that, who have taken it into their own hands to grow their own food or do community gardens. Um, And, you know, sources said stuff to us like, you know, do you know who your neighbors are? I mean, are you aware of your environment at all? Um, do you care a lot? I mean, because love cares. Love absolutely cares and upholds the highest. So, Ahanu, uh, um, I know I'm, I'm going on and on about this today, but do you have anything else that you can say to our listeners?
0: I do. I always have something to say. And it is about the small steps that people can take. You know we, we keep, as I said earlier, talking about this ideal of working towards the highest degree of love and recognizing that place within yourself and I know also that if you're depressed or ill it's very hard to step into that, it's very hard to grasp that, it's very hard to do anything about it. Now there was a book written, a small book written by a gentleman by the name of Robert Maurer some time ago and he called it the kaizen way and it's an interesting kind of a word kaizen that sounds Japanese and it comes from this whole concept of ancient Chinese wisdom that tells us that a journey of a thousand miles must begin with the first step and this author says that to complete the journey we must continue to take just one step at a time and even Western wisdom tells us that big things come in small packages so what I'm suggesting is consider the Kaizen way which is about taking small steps because great change is made through small steps and it's all about just asking small questions thinking small thoughts taking small actions solving small problems and that way you actually do overcome the brain's built-in resistance to new behavior because what you're doing then is you're changing your life without fear and without the possibility of failure And I got turned into this concept of the Kaizen way, small steps, because the philosophy, that uh, background, the philosophy of it, was introduced to Japan after the last war. When I think it was General Douglas MacArthur's forces began to rebuild Japan. And uh, I mean, if you're familiar now with the corporate dominance that Japan has over the rest of the world, you might be surprised to hear that many of the businesses back then were run very, very poorly with slack management practices and low employee morale and so on. And General MacArthur introduced this possibility of just fix things up one thing at a time. Now what that means to us in practical terms is, if you want to have a garden and you are not in a position to either dig it or prepare the soil or anything, just make a little hole and plant one onion or one tomato plant in one little place. Or put it in a one of these upside down hanging um, tomato plant grower things. Or a window box. Or a window box, exactly. If you're in a high-rise apartment or somewhere, just get yourself a little bit of soil and put a cucumber in it. That's all. There's nobody suggesting that you must go out and buy a farm or you must change the world yourself all on your own right now. One small step this huge journey. Buy yourself some flowers. Yeah, and and Angie Rose actually suggests buy yourself some flowers. And you know the thing about the cut flowers now is interesting that you should say that. Yes, it's a beautiful thing to introduce the flowers into your own home. It's always been a wonderful tradition. Bring that color, bring that vibrancy of nature, bring that wonder into your own home. But why not plant real flowers in a window box for example and have them outside your window that you can see all of the time and nourish them and grow them and and feel the gratitude from them or small simple steps you know uh, people say for example oh I, i i quit my diet because you know i hit a wall and i couldn't continue and i'm overweight and i'm destined to be this way and blah 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 no i say just step walk around your house just decide that you're gonna walk up the steps instead of taking the elevator just even just small 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 things once a week and if you take those few steps to the shop instead of driving small little things like that you will start to feel an energizing, you will start to feel a power, you'll start to feel a control coming back into your life that says I can do this because you can do it small steps, great change is made through small steps so don't think that, you, that it's impossible to change the US government or it's impossible to change the way the, the planet is going or that ascension is impossible for us or that we're doomed. That is not at all the case. Every single one of us has the power, has the potential to change everything.
1: Those are very good suggestions, Ahano, because people do tend to get overwhelmed with idealistic concepts, which which people may think we're speaking of today. But it isn't that, really. It is little practical things you could do every single day. And I mentioned the flowers because, you know, when I go to the grocery store, if I have only a certain amount of money to buy groceries with and I see those beautiful bouquet of flowers and I'll go over to them and I'll admire them and then oftentimes I'll walk away because I'll say well I don't have an extra three four five nine dollars for flowers but I've started to change my view of that and I buy them for the delight of them and uh, certainly when we were in San Diego we were at a market um, I don't know three weeks ago with with our children and um, what gorgeous flowers they had there and didn't we bring home such a huge beautiful bouquet of flowers and um, very unusual flowers too and just the joy that we had from those flowers for as long as they lived Uh, just it it could brighten up a room it can brighten up a mood Uh, the fragrance is wonderful and even the smell of things So, sitting outside in our yard and just listening to the songs of the birds is also a high standard. Um, So, you know, they can be, this is the point that Source is trying to make to us, that it's little things that you may not, you may not have the effort for, but that one day you say, well, just for today I am going to, you know, clean my whole entire house. Just for today I'm I'm gonna eat a really good meal. I'm gonna gift myself with really healthy food. Um, I'm gonna go talk to that neighbor I never talked to. so it's a standard it's a standard of living that you that you set for yourself to say yes to yourself for high quality and give that to others as well so. This is really really important because I don't know what's coming down the pike. Uh, I do know that, like I say, these sound sounds that have been going off are intensifying. Obviously, some change is going on. Either we are blending with another dimension, or the Earth herself is um, changing drastically from inside out. So. You know, I always tell people, too, that we do need to be ready for anything. And a high standard of living would be to go out and get yourself some water, buy a little water filter, give yourself pure water, uh, do store of some food, okay, uh, practical things. We are in earth changes. And some people think, well, if you go do that, are you affirming an earth change? And I say, no, you're not. It's just what's happening right now. And uh, it's like anything. You know, you don't think twice about going to the grocery store and getting yourself some food for the week because you know you're going to need to eat. You know, unless you become a breatharian, which is certainly a viable option these days. You don't think twice about that. So you look around you and you say, we are in climate changes and even growing a few vegetables in your window box. Um, take control of your food. Get yourself some organic seeds that are, have, that are completely intact, that haven't been altered, that are healthy for you. Get yourself some herbs. Uh, just do little things for yourself. Say yes to that new dress, uh, those new pair of shoes that make you feel like a million dollars. Say yes to yourself. And that is really my message for today, Ahana.
0: Now, would you rather have a miracle than a lesson? Yeah, yeah, nobody wants to sit and listen to lessons. And small, the miracles happen through small steps, and we've spoken about these small steps. But there's an interesting correlation between what we're talking about in terms of our lives and physically and neurologically what actually happens. See, our brain is programmed to resist any kinds of change. So this is the mediocrity that Angel Rose is talking about. We get into this stupor where we accept governments and we accept politics and we accept rules and regulations and laws and systems that tie us down and bind us up and wrap us up and tie us up in knots. And because we're in this state of mediocrity, we we feel we can do nothing about it. So I say no, your brain is actually programmed to resist any change and the negative agenda knows this. So by taking these small steps, you can actually rewire your nervous system and your attitude so that it it actually unsticks you from a creative block, for example, or it'll bypass that fight or flight response that's in you. When people talk about change, they suddenly go into a, a rigid fear This will actually, taking one small step at a time, will actually remove that fight-or-flight response. And then physically what happens is it creates new connections between the neurons so that the brain enthusiastically takes over the process of change and then you can progress rapidly towards your goal. This is very, very simple advice. And in fact, I've heard that it takes 30 days to make that change physically in the body. It's faster now. And it might even be faster now, Angel Rose is suggesting, because we're in this time of change and everything is accelerating. So take the small steps, do it for at least 30 days, but certainly it can happen faster. And then it becomes a physical reality. After that, it'll become evident to your family. After that, it'll become evident to your community, then to the city, and then to the country, and then to the world. And that's how change happens.
1: That's right, Hanno, and um, what else can I say now? We were hoping Penny would have been on here to talk to us about health. And I'll just speak about Penny for a second because she—it it is the reason we love to have Penny on uh, so often because Penny is a true researcher. She's somebody who, you know, never really accepted the norm of what people were teaching. She had many of her own experiences, and she's learned all about the soil and health and um, how to be in harmony with the earth and work with nature in a way that produces uh, wonderful food. She's certainly an expert on health. She's a naturopathic doctor. But Penny is the type that you know, she learned from the elves on her farm. And I think this is amazing too. Just, just this kingdom alone that people laugh at the fact that they think it's fairy tale and uh, but the truth is is there are small people and very tiny nature spirits in communities i've seen them myself of nature spirits and here i have my granddaughter and uh, on st patrick's day they were must have been reading a story in school about leprechauns Because she came home and she said, "Grandma, leprechauns are not real," and I said, "Well, where'd you hear that?" And she said, "In school, you know, the teacher was saying that leprechauns are are not real," and I said, "Well, they certainly are real, you know, they certainly do exist." And she said, "No, Grandma, because the teacher said no, they're not real," and then her father pipes up and says, uh, "And you have to believe everything the teacher tells you," and I said. No, you do not. I mean, this is one of the hugest, hugest distortions that are going on. And just because somebody has been programmed to believe that there are not nature spirits, that there are not other creatures on this planet, just because they can't see them, is one of the crimes that I find in terms of really really like making the subhuman reality, we're talking about this lifeless reality that is only built on things that are solid and things that you can see. And therefore, you know, your imagination isn't real, your creative forces aren't real. And, you know, talk about teachers of seven-year-olds telling them not to believe in such things. I mean, if you didn't want to completely come out and say that they're real, you could have at least said, I don't know, what do you think? And left it like that. Rather than to come out and say, oh, they're not real, they're just pretend. You know, it's, it's uh, to me, it, it's so damaging to destroy somebody's ability to perceive subtle realms. And you do that by by doing these belief systems that really, you don't, really don't know if they're true or they're not true. You don't, I mean, Here's Penny Kelly, who was a normal person, let's say normal, <clears throat> who all of a sudden heard the sounds of these elves talking to her on her farm one day when she was walking around. And it was a, it was a huge paradigm shift for her <clears throat> to have to explore the possibility that she was actually hearing some creatures that were alive on her farm. And they repeatedly came to her and talked to her. And then one day she saw them. And then another day she actually saw their whole uh, community um, close to the earth. Everything with little homes to hitching posts to a golden uh, web, uh, intricate web that they were living in. So these things are real. And, you know, I read these things and I feel sad that we have lost the ability to communicate with these realms because they are a lot of what keeps nature flourishing for us. They work with the nature kingdom and certainly even the trees, Ahano, that night we did a thing with the trees, how the trees were sad that the water, the quality of water coming up through their roots was substandard because of how we've polluted the earth. And they felt sorrow because it meant that their ability to give to us was lessened. And that's what they were sad about. You know, that their function as a collective in terms of providing air for us and allowing us to breathe healthfully, uh, they're conscious and they're conscious of what they're doing for us. And we just, even when we go to cut down a tree, we don't even think twice about it. We don't ask it if it's ready to go home. We just say, well, it's inconvenient that that tree is there for us right now standing in our yard. And Zoom, there it goes without any conscious thought whatsoever. And the truth is, is there are lots of trees that do want to go home. That if you do ask them, they'll say, yes, I am ready to, um, I'm ready to go home. I'm happy with this. Uh, because, you know, trees stand there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Some of them would like to leave sooner than that. But the point I'm making is we are not in a conscious relationship with our environment whatsoever. We take so much for granted. And uh, it's about time we we woke up and started honoring the parts that everything plays. Like, you know, without the bees uh, doing their pollination, you know, we wouldn't have a lot of the plant life and the flowers and things that we have, you know, without these insects who do these jobs of destroying unhealthy plants for us, uh, we wouldn't, you know, this world would be very different. And and we are are very much um, in need of becoming much more conscious and communicative with the world around us.
0: Yes, I think it was Aesop said, no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. And this is where it comes back to that little principle of a little, a small amount, a little, little effort in some direction. So when we encounter the fear that's been thrown at us in every in every place, in our workplace, in our home, in our lives, in every quarter when this negative negativity comes to us, just make the little resolve that you are actually more powerful than all of that. You are more powerful than all of that. These are small steps that we can do to reclaim our place in in creativity, reclaim our place in God's source, reclaim our place in the world, reclaim that love with which everything is actually built upon and move ourselves out of the facade move ourselves away from this, the blind belief in corporations and political structures and move ourselves from being sheeple into being dynamic and powerful beings that we are. So one small step, one small step at a time. And again, Angel Rose is talking about these practical things that we can do. We mentioned about the spine, we mentioned about growing little things, going for a little walk small, small, small steps and we can actually think of thousands of these small things that every one of us can do it could be that to write that letter to your politician, it could be
1: write a letter to your friend
0: write a letter to your friend tell somebody you love them Angel Rose is saying tell somebody you love them you know, if, if there's some rift in your family for example make don't throw a a wild family reunion party because that'll throw both parties into interfere about the whole thing instead just invite one member of the family to dinner for example or even just make the phone call just just pick up the phone and make a phone call that's all one small step that doesn't throw the whole system into fear and slowly 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 you'll find The mind will actually accept that. It will build it into your physical and into your relationships, into your family, into your life. And then suddenly change is accomplished before you know it. And I'm prompted to actually mention about how people write books so successfully. And I've been reading about this because it it has been necessary for me to look at why I started a book eighteen, nearly 20 years ago now and I still haven't completed it and in fact I mentioned it in one of our recent uh, broadcasts that I had picked up this book again but I noticed in the last couple of weeks it actually slid into the background again because I was saying oh I've got this to do and this is more important and this is critical and this has stepped in, in ahead of the book and so on so we constantly find all these excuses for not performing and for not doing what we say we'll do and in recognizing it, this is one of the huge things, is actually recognizing it and saying alright, why wouldn't I write one paragraph in the day? Why wouldn't I even just write one line in a day? And wouldn't that lead to a sense of accomplishment? Wouldn't that lead to a sense of, well I'm, I'm making progress or I haven't put this on the, on the back burner, I'm actually doing something about it? One line, one paragraph. And they all add together then to become a chapter. And then the book gets written. So I'm taking my own advice on this very, very seriously. And it's exactly what I'm going to do.
1: So here's another little thing that we just did last night, Ahano, that we we knew better, but we did it anyway. I did it anyway. I shouldn't speak for you. But we went to visit my son at his job, which uh, he works in a wine bar. And... uh, He had just had surgery on his arm, so I wanted to check in on him, and uh, we needed something to eat, so we went there. But we ordered a glass of wine, and we shared it between us. And the thing is, is for ourselves, we know that alcohol does not go well with us. Even if we have a tiny bit of wine, as natural as wine is, Um, it does not have a good effect on us. So anyway, we succumbed anyhow, and we got this. I ordered it. I shouldn't blame you. I ordered this glass of wine. We both enjoyed it. And, you know, just that little bit, I woke up today with a horrible headache, and uh, my body reminding me, I don't like this. But it's, it's an example of how I did not live up to my highest standard. As my highest standard would have said, You know how that's going to make you feel tomorrow, so why are you choosing it? And I think the word choosing is the important factor here. And I chose it because, you know, I wanted the taste of it. It, We were out uh, having a bit of a date together, and we went along with the festive environment that we were in, and that's why. But it was not the highest standard choice because of the effect that it has on me the next day. Okay, so small example of choices. I mean, some people can drink wine until they're, you know, they could be their staple beverage and have no effect on them whatsoever, but not for me.
0: Yeah, I'd like to say something about that because it's a wonderful example of taking the small step to change something. So if you have, let's say, alcoholic tendencies, the recommendation I'd make there is, is, is not to try and give up drink Right now, or tomorrow starting tomorrow morning, because that 's too big for us to to accomplish, and it inevitably leads to failure, but i 've heard a suggestion that says, well why don 't you, you just say "Spit out the first mouthful because that's then teaching you that you know you don 't really need this, but it 's not denying you the pleasure of it either, for example, um, using it let's say you, you have a craving for chocolate and your desire is to lose weight, for example. And they say, well, okay, take the first bite, eat your chocolate, take the first bite, but spit out the first bite. And that's reducing the intake, but at the same time taking a small step towards telling your body and changing the neurons in your brain that you are now in charge here. You are now, and you've taken one small step towards accomplishing it.
1: I have a solution for that, Ahano, for people who love chocolate, because I'm one of those people who love chocolate. And here's here's another good example. Because you know how Cadbury comes out with their Easter eggs every Easter. And I love those little mini chocolate eggs with the hard shell. And, um, and yet I know I'm lactose intolerant, you know, and of course they're made with, with uh, milk. So I succumbed and I bought some anyway and, and I nibbled on a few of them. And just nibbling on a few of them uh, right away I felt sick. So, you know, here's again another example. But on the other hand, here's my naturopath who says to me, Well, you know, you don't have to give up chocolate. But what you do do is you go and you buy a bar of um, 100% cocoa, but you know, in a bar that's unsweetened. So, of course, initially everybody's going to go, Oh my god, unsweetened chocolate. And it is true, it is a bit bitter. However, you can take that and you can dip it into raw butters raw coconut butter you can have all you want you can dip it into uh... they have wonderful macadamia nut butters out now without sugar uh... they have cashew butters they have pilu nut butters there's all sorts of butters that if you look online you can find them raw and without sugar and you can dip that chocolate into any of those things and have a treat that is actually going to be very satisfying because you're going to have the oils that your body really needs and craves from the nut butters and you're going to get your cocoa fix so there are alternatives where you really don't have to give up treats you just have to know how to substitute them for other things so I did that yesterday and I have a jar of raw coconut butter sitting next to me at my computer while I work and I have a little bar of a hundred percent raw cocoa in a bar, it's not sweet, and i you really only need a little bit of it to, to, to be satisfied.
0: It does bring us into a whole other area too and that is about guilt and we're not going to touch on that today, but it is important that when we do fall down not to feel guilty about it and not to go into that place because the world is full of guilt and we want to move away from that so that's an important little point. We may do a whole show on guilt at some point in the future but now we're coming up to the end of our broadcast. We hope you enjoyed it. It's been very much impromptu on our part because we were expecting Penny Kelly to arrive today and unfortunately she hasn't so we've had to improvise and we hope that you have enjoyed our improvisations we talked about predictions and how they can be not necessarily be a good thing but at the same time necessary for us to compel us I suppose in some ways to change and to look to that highest degree of love always in everything that we do even in the smallest things and when we talk about these small things we talked about how to take those small steps to make changes in your life on every level small small steps the first Um, the, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step so just take one small step and even if you just did that one small step once a week doesn't have to be every hour just once a week and then once a day and then your whole physiology will change after 30 days give yourself 30 days doing it you'll find the neurological change will take place in your brain and then you're into a new habit and when you're into a new habit always look to the highest degree of love in everything that you do and we talked for a very, very brief moment about that whole guilt thing, we may tackle that another day, but certainly not now in the last moments that we've left. So, let me just recap real quickly on our announcements. I mentioned about the eight steps to freedom available from eight steps to freedom.com. That's the number eight, and it's all hyphenated. And Gail Rose's book is at a time of change.info. The Nature of Reality can be pre ordered at the nature of reality.info. Remember our group Akashic Records every Wednesday evening in San Diego uh that can be you can access that at meetup.com forward slash akashic records group and mankato angel Rose is reminding me to mention about mankato next weekend that's the first weekend after easter in mankato minnesota we'll be there angel Rose is doing the keynote speech and we'll be there all weekend we have our own little stand and that should be a super weekend we look forward to that very much we're on itunes yes find us on itunes download the podcast they're all free Uh, Have a listen to uh, Angel Rose as she speaks to some of the amazing people on the radio interviews that she has done on other people's radio stations as well as our own podcasts. So go to angelrose.com, A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E.com. Make sure to opt in there because you'll get free eBooks, you'll get some of the Akashic Record transcripts, invitations. You might even get a free picture from Ahanu. So simply go to ahanu.com for that. We want to say a huge thank you to you all, love, blessings, and thank you for listening to Ahanu and Angel Rose on the Honest to God series, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network, radio to inspire enlightened living.
1: Honest to God series with Gail Rose
0: and Ahanu